Louisiana Secession Commissioner George Williamson had a similar message in February of 1861 for members of the Texas Secession Convention. Williamson believed the two states had many things in common and should be allied in their efforts. The Texans hardly needed convincing of the danger. They had watched anxiously in the late 1850s as free state and pro-slavery forces battled it out in Kansas territory. The free staters gained the upper hand when Kansas entered the Union in 1861 without slavery. Like the free staters who poured into Texas, Texans could expect emigrant aid societies armed with Sharps rifles to convert the state by force to abolitionism. Williamson forecast that if Texas remained in the Union, the abolitionists would continue their work of incendiarism and murder. Williamson's reference to incendiarism would have been an obvious reference for his Texas audience. The previous summer, numerous fires of mysterious origin occurred nearly simultaneously in several towns and cities, giving the appearance of a concerted action by unknown parties. Recent scholarship has shown that most, if not all, of the fires were started by spontaneous combustion when newly invented prairie matches became unstable at high temperatures. Unaware of this scientific explanation, most of the population believed the abolition menace had struck Texas, and the citizens responded in fear and tragic paranoia. Many men, black and white, were hanged or run out of the state. The delegates to the Texas Secession Convention saw the same threats Williamson did. The states of the North had pronounced their hostility to the beneficent and patriarchal system of African slavery, and promoted the debasing doctrine of the equality of all men, irrespective of race or color. A doctrine at war with nature, in opposition to the experience of mankind, and in violation of the plainest revelations of the divine law. Besides being offensive to southern sensibilities of race and propriety, northern views were unnatural, even heretical. Fundamentally for southerners, the election of Abraham Lincoln and the rise of the Republican Party heralded a thinly-veiled declaration of war against the southern states, in opposition to the God-given right and responsibility of white men to enslave and thereby civilize members of the African race. Texas joined the Confederacy on March 2, 1861, and although the firing on Fort Sumter was still a month in the future, to Texans' eyes, the war was already underway. Abolitionists had invaded southern soil and murdered unoffending citizens. Worse still, these actors and assassins, probably a reference to John Brown's band, had received high praise in the press. Finally, the Texans declared that their state and the others of the South were established exclusively by the white race for themselves and their posterity, that the African race had no agency in their establishment, that they were rightfully held and regarded as an inferior and dependent race, and in that condition, only could their existence in this country be rendered beneficial or tolerable. The Texas Ordinance of Secession made it clear. The federal government had become a weapon to strike down the interests and the prosperity of the people. There was no choice but for Texas to dissolve the bonds of Union, just 25 years old, and ally herself with her southern sisters. As the fever of secession spread throughout the South, the war of words escalated to a war with weapons. Fort Sumter was fired upon in Charleston Harbor on April 12, 1861, and the conflagration that would eventually engulf the South had begun. As more and more men left for military service, 
Southern prophecies of slave insurrections were not fulfilled. The fear seemed to subside, but still lay dormant. In 